Okay, welcome everybody once again to Restore to Life Church. So that so glad that you could join us watching by live stream. Let me just ask, hey, invite your friends, invite your family, just invite anybody you know. Click that share button uh, all over your social media. Hey, text message people, message people, whatever. Um, so, um, uh, welcome back. Uh, I didn't get a chance to preach uh, last weekend. I was feeling sick. But you know what? The awesome thing is God's perfect timing. Is that God, uh, as the scriptures tell us, that all things work together for the glory of God for those that love him. And hey, I didn't plan out this perfect timing. Uh, I was just obedient to God uh, with planning out this current uh, sermon series on God's sovereignty. And uh, I had no idea uh, that this Ukraine thing was going to kick off Um and it happened to kick off. And then today we're going to talk about having comfort in uh, God's sovereignty. Um, so, because you know what? God's not surprised by any of what's going on out there. Uh, God's fully aware of it. And we'll get into it where, hey, even Jesus said that these things must happen. So, hey, we can take comfort. God is still on the throne. God is still in control. So, hey. Pray for Ukraine. So if you want to know how to pray for Ukraine, I know it's difficult. I find it uh, difficult um, to to pray. Not not like that. I don't want to pray, but, you know, just finding the right words. Like, how do I pray? Well, you know what? Just, just pray uh, by entering into thanksgiving and praise for God's sovereignty that he's in control. That's how you can start off praying, just thanking him for that. Pray for the church. Hey, the church is leading the way over there. Um, I just saw recently on social media where there's a there was a soldier preaching the gospel to people. So, hey, you know what? In the midst of this trial and great tribulation and such, you know what? The church is being the church over there. Hallelujah. So, hey, pray for the church. Pray for people to come to salvation. Pray for more people to come to Christ. Pray for God to protect the believers. Pray for God to enable and equip the believers to spread the gospel and take care of people. So if you want to know how to pray for Ukraine, there's some prayer points. Um, so hopefully that helps out. Uh, also, let's see, don't forget, there is Restoring Your Voice podcast. So I do this podcast uh, to help supplement you during the week. You know, hey, we got a nice you know message on Sundays. Well, what do you do during the rest of the week? Hey, Restoring Your Voice podcast is there for you. Uh, for the purposes of helping to equip you for the good works of, of Jesus Christ. By the way, Restoring Your Voice podcast is now on Instagram. So, hey, if you're on Instagram, go ahead, give the podcast a follow over there. Um, we have a veteran support group. Uh, we realized that there was a lack uh, of churches in the area, which means non-existent of any type of veteran support group. So, hey, you know what? We're stepping in the gap. Um, I'm a 20-year uh, U.S. Army veteran, three combat deployments. Yeah, I got TBI. Um, I suffered with PTSD for 15 years. I got I got injuries. So hey, you know what? It's not I'm not somebody who doesn't know what veterans are going through, and I and I maybe know from a book or, or a degree or something. No, I've been there, done that. Still a lot of it being there and doing that. Like I said, I got TBI. No, uh, you can't really tell when I preach, but hey, that's just because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me filling me up for this. Uh, but hey, if you're in the area, come on over Friday nights. Um, try to remember the times in my head and I can't, but I promise I'll get out the information. So follow us on social media. 
uh, not just the YouTube channel, but go ahead and head on over to the Facebook page. And hey, also, did you know we're on Google? That's right. We're, we're on Google so people can find us. Um, if you're not in the area, you know what? Help get the word out anyway about this veteran support group, will you? Um, at least if you're not in this area, you, you know, get the word out. You probably know people in the area or you don't, but you know, that's the way social media is networking. People know things they can share and get the word out. So you can be a part of that. Uh, let's see what else for announcements. Oh, the next sermon series up in the shoot, uh, either next week or the week after, depending on how far I get uh, on this one today, will be on salvation. I'll be covering salvation. Uh, what it is, according to the Bible, um, common misconceptions, wrong views, right views, things like that. So we'll be covering that. Um, so it's especially important for unbelievers, obviously. So that is it for announcements. Uh, so like I said, today we're going to be covering God's sovereignty, comfort, and crisis. It's the title of the sermon. Um, so glad that you could join us and watch this. Uh, but let's come before Lord in prayer. Lord, we, we come to you in prayer today. Lord, we pray. We pray. Speak. Speak to all of us. Speak through me. Move me aside. Let your spirit come. Fill me up for this in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your sovereignty. We thank you. You are sovereign. You are in control. You are still king. And Lord, on the throne, all right, you are not a distant God. You are not a God that, that has his hands off. But you are very well aware and we're in even using the chaos and crisis going on around the world for your glory and for your people. And we thank you for this, Lord. And we thank you that we can find comfort today. So, Lord, let those who, who don't know what's going on may, maybe just feel all stressed out or whatever. Bring your comfort today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So, I guess the first question is, can we find comfort in, in crisis and things are chaotic? Well, you know what? We absolutely can. All right, the Bible tells us that. You know, one of my favorite scripture verses to say, and you've heard me before, you'll hear it again and again and again and again. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But you know what he said? To be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. So when we look at the crisis going on around the world, when we look at what's happening in Ukraine, you know what? Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus has overcome. You know, you know, you know who Putin is compared to, to Jesus? Nothing. Nothing. You know what Russia is? Nothing. All the armies in the world are nothing. All right? Jesus promised he has overcome all of that. All right? Already. And then one day we'll see the fullness of that come to pass. But in the midst of this, we can still have comfort. All right? We can put our trust in Jesus. Right? There's so many things we, we can go on. Right? A comfort of salvation. But I, but I want to say... If you're looking for the wrong things, if you're looking at things with the wrong view, you will not have comfort, okay? You, I mean, these days it seems like people in the church, and, and not all of it, but many places, you know, it's like they see something kick off in a squirrel, you know, over here, squirrel. In other words, you know, oh, look, Jesus is coming back. Oh, no, Jesus is coming back. Squirrel, squirrel, every time something kicks off, right? We've been seeing this happen for, for many, many years now, you know? We, we had, um, what's kicking off now is nothing compared to World War II. You know, e, e, you know back in World War I, they called it the Great War. They called it the, the War to End All Wars. That's how, that's what they thought of it. 
And what followed up something even worse than World War I and World War II? And we've had many wars since. We'll, we'll get into that. But I'm, I'm, I want to tell you right now, stop thinking just because something bad happens, Jesus is coming back. Okay, that is not the right mentality to have. The right mentality to have is, what can you do? You know, I feel, I feel like I ought to have a Uncle Sam hat on or something, you know? We need you. You know, that's what Jesus is, is, is calling us to do. To be, to represent him, to preach the gospel. To lay hands on the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, all of that. Oh, I don't know where we find that, maybe in the Bible. So stop looking out, stop freaking out. Oh, 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 oh. And then you start warning everybody else. And you, and, you, and you try to spread your fear to everybody else. Stop it. Please. Oh, get ready or else you'll be left behind. No. Regardless of your eschatological views, regardless of when you think Jesus is coming back, pre, mid, post, it doesn't matter. What matters is what are you doing until he returns? Do you have peace? Do you have joy right now? Are you fearless in this, in this time of uncertainty? We, we can. The Bible tells us that, that perfect love casts out all fear. Whose perfect love? The love of God. Rest in his perfect love. No, no, that he, he loves you. He loves every person out there. Every person, until they draw their last breath, has a chance to be redeemed. We, we can be assured of so many things, amen? But bringing up the first scripture, right, um, tying into what I just said, is in Matthew 24, 3. And it says, As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? So he's telling them, you know, he's trying to say, Hey, this is what's going to happen in the end, all of that. Now his disciples are like, Hey, you know, why don't we find out? All the details. And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Well, you know what? Let me tell you what the Bible is not. The Bible is not a book of details. The Bible tells us what we need to know, and that's it. The Bible doesn't, doesn't tell us everything, all right? For instance, it's not a science book, right? It doesn't tell us uh, how stars are formed. It just tells us that, that God hung them there, or he put them there, for instance, all right? Jesus doesn't give us uh, exact examples. Okay, when you see Russia invade Ukraine, no, he doesn't say anything about that. When you see Hitler, nope, doesn't say that. When you see that the temple has been destroyed in 70 AD, no, he doesn't say any of that. He just tells us what we need to know. And the disciples are trying to seek out details, right? Like a woman, details. I need details. You know, that's why women talk so long, by the way. It's all about the details. Anyways, uh, but but he's not giving them details. Instead, instead, he first starts out with a warning, and then he tells them something else. But he doesn't give details. In fact, his focus is not on what happens, okay? His focus is not on uh, the events playing out. That's not the focus of Jesus. Why? Because it's all about us going out there and doing what we're all called to do. Christianity 101, preach the gospel. So don't be deceived. Please stop being deceived by things, you know, you know. Um, I think it was Hal Lindsey, right? 
the great late planet Earth came out with a book back in the 80s, you know, basically talking about the imminent return of Jesus. In other words, like now, oh, didn't happen, right? I mean, how many times have we seen people try to give dates on the, on the coming of Jesus and every single one of them has failed miserably? None of them has ever come true. Why? Because that's not our focus. Plus, we don't know the day or the hour. We don't know it. All right, so stop trying to look for signs. Stop. Because guess what? Guess what? If you keep doing that, you're going to be deceived eventually because you're looking for the wrong things. All right? You're, you're not mission-focused. You need to be mission-focused. You need to be motivated, propelled, because you are comforted. Now, don't you want to spread that comfort to other people? Don't you want other people... To, to have that, and then they spread it more. Or, or do you want or what are you spreading? Are you spreading faith, or are you spreading fear? Let me tell you what, faith and fear are incompatible. Oil and water, they don't mix. They are polar opposites, all right? They cannot coexist. No such thing. Now you say, well, brother, that's awfully harsh. No, that's Bible. That's, that, that's, Bible. that's scriptural. Do not fear. How many times are we told that throughout the Bible? Right? At least 365 times not to fear. Do not fear. Well, why would God tell us such a crazy thing if it was impossible to live out? Well, because it's not impossible to live out. God will never tell us something that's impossible to live out. In our own strength, yes. In our own flesh, absolutely impossible to live out. Absolutely. When we put our own ideas onto things, yeah, it's absolutely impossible. But you know what? God made it possible. He gave us his son, Jesus Christ. Christ lives in us if, you're, if we're born again. Do you think Christ walked around the earth fearing? No, he did not. Oh, brother, what about the Garden of Gethsemane? Still, he wasn't afraid. I mean, obviously, he didn't really want to go through that torture he was about to go through. Yeah, no person in their right mind would. But just because we don't want to go through something doesn't mean we're afraid of it. Nobody wants to go through, through crisis. Nobody wants to get bombed. Nobody wants to see their loved ones get killed. Nobody wants to live in bomb shelters. Nobody wants any of that. But you know what? Just because we don't want it doesn't mean we have to be afraid of it. And I'm telling you right now, Americans, I'm telling you right now, you need to get out of this mindset of a comfortable lifestyle. I'm not saying things are going to happen, but I'm telling you right now, Stop it. You know, so many of you out there want to be missionaries somewhere else. You can't even be missionaries in your own neighborhood, right? You can't even go out there and preach the gospel. You can't even preach it at work. Well, my employer is anti-God, and if I do that, what? And you want to go to Africa or someplace like that? You want to go to a country that's, that the majority of the nation is hostile toward Christianity? Yet you're afraid of your boss or your co-workers? Well, you, you should question yourself. Why are you afraid? You should, you should honestly take stock. And you, you may not get an answer overnight. Things won't change overnight. But, but seriously. Seriously. Because with that mentality, we're going to be, our, be deceived. It says here in, in, in the next scripture, in Matthew 24, verses 4 through 5, Jesus answered them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Wait a minute. Why would he give us this warning? Take heed or, or stop. Wait. 
You need to take seriously stock. Examine yourself, right? Let no one deceive you. Why would he give us that warning? Why? Because we could be deceived. If the very elect, you know, if it were possible, the very elect might be deceived. We see Paul writing to Timothy, in the last days, this will happen. What is one of the things that happens? People being deceived, laying false teachers, false prophets, all of that in. That's a whole different sermon. It says, uh, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. How many and we see this happening throughout the church today. Where do you, how do you think this happened? Huh? Because they let themselves be deceived. Why do you think we have preterists out there? In other words, they believe everything happened. Jesus already came back in 70 AD, even though there's no last trumpet, there was no last trumpet, right? No voice of an archangel to announce it. He didn't show up in the clouds for everybody to see. That didn't happen. But they say it happened. Or, or most have been fulfilled. Or, or they think, you know, where I'm reading from Matthew 24, all of that was already fulfilled. Why, why do you think that? Because they let themselves be deceived. They didn't take heed. You know, I believe that men look at things that, that happened already, and, and oh my, and they, they let fear into it. You know what? I'm just going to give up. You know what? That's what fear does to us, by the way. quenches faith. You know what fear, fear produces? More fear. Makes us hopeless, despondent. And we just give up. We just, we just end up giving up. Why? Because we let ourselves be deceived. The Bible doesn't, doesn't give us, uh, doesn't command us or, or make allowances for giving up. It does not. All right, we need to stop this, this American churchianity or whatever you want to call it, where we just, oh, okay, it's okay to suck your thumb. That's okay. Oh, you feel bad, you know, go hide yourself and, and step out of the world. Don't worry. No. Stop it, please. Like I said, in Ukraine right now, the church is being the church, preaching the gospel, singing hymns, doing what the church is supposed to be doing right now. Yet here in America, the government tells us, you know what? Got to shut down church. Didn't shut down Walmart. Didn't shut down uh, uh, riots. Uh-oh, but we told you, you can't have church. And we're like, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. What in the world? All around the world right now, Christians being persecuted. It's been happening for a long time. It's the norm, let me say that right, right, right off the bat. It's the norm. Yet we here in America, you know, freak out at the, at the merest sign of something happening. Stop letting yourself be deceived. Take comfort in God today. You need to get a biblical view of God. You need to get a biblical view of Christianity. You, you need to realize that it's not about our comfort. All right? It, it's not about that we'll never go through persecution. We'll never go through hard times. Sickness, disease, death, whatever will not come. No! We live in a fallen world. We live in a world... Where, where, where Satan is active. We live in a world where people make evil choices every day. What are you going to do about those? Are you going to sit back and say, well, God is such a meanie. Why did he let that happen? Or would you let it propel you and say, you know what? Something bad happened. You know what? I'm going to make a difference now. I'm going to step in. I'm going to do, do, do my part. I'm going to make a difference. 
I'm going to let this propel me. Think about it. Jesus Christ was killed upon the cross. Right? Such a dark day in history, in a way. Right? Obviously, the best day in history, next to the, next to the resurrection. But think about it. The earth shook. Dark clouds formed. And this is what the Bible tells us. There was a great earthquake. So what looked like the darkest day, right? Remember, the apostles went and hid. It was so bad to them. They ran up. They ran away. Minus, uh, I think it was John. They ran and hid. Hell, Peter denied Jesus. That should tell you something, by the way. Just because dark days happen doesn't give us the right to run and hide. Yet, yet, eventually, redemption came. Eventually, those same people who ran and hid, that same person who, who denied Jesus, stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached before a crowd of thousands. Thousands came to Christ. Thousands were saved. 3,000 at one time. Think about that. Think, think about how in the time of trouble, what can you do? Well, you won't ever if you can't be comforted, if you don't realize that God is in control. God knows everything that's going on. And, and we see this, right, in the next set in Matthew 24, verses 6 through 13. And Jesus said, all of these things that we're seeing must happen. Watch, listen, listen. I, want, I want you to listen carefully. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. I hope you have your Bibles. I want you to highlight this stuff, okay? Seriously. I want you to take your pen and underline it, or if you have a highlighter, highlight it. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must happen, but the end is not yet please let me pause and say stop being the doom and gloom crowd stop it already the sky is falling the end is near no you don't know when when it's going to happen i don't know when it's going to happen let me tell you that, that if jesus said hey these things must happen all right, all right in other words this is actually normal we can take comfort in that because god knows he said it must happen but it doesn't change that god is sovereign it says, for nation will rise against nation. We see that happening right now. And kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, epidemics, and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows, which has been happening for thousands of years now, since Jesus spoke these words. Then they will hand you over to be persecuted once again, and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and will deceive many because iniquity will abound and the love of many will grow cold. Don't let that be you. That you cannot, that, that will be you, by the way. Don't think it can't happen to you, by the way. I'll get into the, inter the uh, eternal security and comfort in that in a, in a bit. But don't think it can't happen to you. Don't think you're so high and mighty. Don't think you're so great and so awesome. You know, you know what? You're going to be deceived if you're not humble. If you think you know it all, 
If you think your eschatology is perfect in every way, okay, I am absolutely 100% sure that Jesus is coming back preacher. It's your posture, whatever. You know what? No, you don't. I don't. Okay? God's word is absolutely perfect, yes. Yes, it is truly inerrant. But we are fallible, and we have lack perfect understanding. So don't think you're so high and mighty. Oh, this can't happen to me. Oh, it says here, uh, let's see. Um, and many false prophets will rise and will deceive many. How Don't we see that playing out today? Don't we see that playing out before our very eyes? Many, not all, by the way. I don't despise prophecy. and I fully believe this message is very prophetic. In other words, like I said, this is God's perfect timing. And I didn't plan this out, by the way, this way. I didn't. I wasn't like, hey, Russia's going to invade Ukraine here on this day, so let me have my sermon ready for that. No. So I believe in prophecy. The Bible tells us not to despise prophecy. But don't we see many false prophets out there today? Right? Begging for money. Hey, hey, give me money for a prophetic word. Or whatever it may be. We, we see this type of stuff playing out today. And many are falling hook, line, and sinker into these things. Don't let that be you. None of us are so high and mighty. None, none of us are... Let me say this. Never say never, okay? Don't say never. Never mean. You know, you know who said those words? Peter said that. Never, Lord. Not me. Can't beat me. I'll never deny you. That'll never happen. And Jesus was like, uh, yeah, son. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen. You who I called the rock? Yeah. By the way, yeah, that's going to be you. Think about that. Jesus told Peter, right, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Right. By the way, that doesn't make uh, Peter Pope. But upon this rock, and yet, still Peter ends up denying. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, pay attention to that. But he says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. A promise. Now, why would Jesus tell us to endure to the end if it wasn't possible? Why would, why would also in the book of Revelation... There'll be other promises, right? To he who overcomes, to he who overcomes, to he who overcomes. We'll be given the keys to the kingdom, right? To he who overcomes will rule and reign. Why would Jesus tell us that if it was impossible? Is it just nice comfort words? No, don't get me wrong. They are extremely comforting. Why? But it's more than just comforting. The ship repels. Why? Because Jesus follows this up saying in verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Then, only then. Let me let me just put this in context. Right? This according to the Bible. It says, um, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout all the world. Has it been preached throughout all the world yet? Let me ask you that. Has everybody out there in the world had a chance to hear the gospel message? The answer is no. Now, I don't have the exact figures, but I know there are, are many people groups, right, which is nations referring to as people groups that have not yet heard the gospel. There are entire people groups that are off limits, that it's literally illegal for um, modern people, for anybody, anybody outside the world to have any contact with them. They want to preserve their culture. 
well, it's nice that they preserve their culture while giving a, not giving much chance of redemption. But right here, and this gospel. So, so when we see these things, you know what we should do with ourselves? And that's me included, by the way. Am I preaching the gospel? Not just like on a microphone, by the way. Am I doing this with others? Could I be doing it more? Could I be doing it better? We should all ask ourselves that question, by the way, no matter who we are. It should be an honest question. We should, we should, shouldn't we want to improve upon how we work for the kingdom of God? Right? We, we are told in the Bible that faith without works is dead. Shouldn't we want a living faith that produces living works, that produces eternal life in, around the world? Shouldn't we want to do that? And shouldn't we want to be able to improve upon the way we do it? Absolutely. Everybody should want to do that. But we can't do that when we don't have a healthy view of God's sovereignty. We can take comfort in that God told us about many crises that would come, right? Let's take comfort in that. This, I, this absolutely speaks of God's sovereignty. God is in control. God knows everything that's going to happen. He's not up there wringing his hands, all right? He's not up there freaking out in any way, shape, or form. He's not doing any of that. I mean, think about it. He knew all the things. I mean, World War II, to me, the most atrocious piece of our history, right? Six million Jews, six million murdered. Whoa, six million, yikes. Many, many, many more concentration camps than else. And anti-Semitism should have been stamped out for the most part, but it's flourishing today. But yet God knows all about that. What happens, what's happening in Ukraine? God is well aware of it. Believe me. We can overcome because Jesus tells us. We can endure to the end. Like I said, God doesn't make any promises. He doesn't follow through on. Well, I'm going to tell you this, son. I'm going to tell you that, daughter, but, you know, you may or may not be able to do it. Absolutely not. Look, if it's in the Bible... And, and, and it's speaking to us as believers, we can absolutely do it. Absolutely. I'm telling you right now, if you're hearing preaching that okays whatever state, not, now I'm not talking about lack of compassion, uh, being compassionate, that's different. Yes, understanding. You understand we all have sanctification. We all need to mature. Sanctification is a process. Yes, but you know what? That doesn't excuse us not living for the kingdom. That doesn't excuse us backsliding since why is backsliding such a normal thing people many people preach and teach that backsliding is normative in other words every christian's going to do it really now because i don't remember reading anything about brother paul doing that i don't see anywhere where paul came to the faith left the faith came back into the faith never saw i don't see it anywhere in the bible don't see that where john did that i don't read where that's normative in the bible so if it's not normative in the Bible, why do we make it normative? Why? Why? Because we love to sometimes excuse our sin. Yet God promises, God promises all believers. And what I'm reading to you today is for all believers, regardless of who you are. You could be the newest believer out there. You could, you could be, be the most mature. You could have the most degrees, the biggest church, whatever. You'd be doing great and mighty things for the kingdom of God. You could just be starting out. 
Maybe you're listening today and you don't have salvation. These promises are for you when you make Jesus your Lord and King and Savior. We should be able to take great comfort in that. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. I'll get to that. But this, like I said, this should ex exhort us, right? Motivate us to go and preach the gospel to every person possible, regardless whether they reject us, regardless of, of if we get fired, regardless of any of that. I mean, Jesus tells us, right? Uh, back, um, let, me get, let me go back, back to it real quick. He says, then they will hand you over to be persecuted and will kill you. I guarantee ain't nobody here in America getting killed. I know your, your boss ain't going to throw you in prison and have you killed. We, we should be motivated regardless. We need to place value on the kingdom of God, but we can't do that when we're freaking out. And I, I know, believe me, we, man, you need to get a healthy view. God is sovereign. And if you're in God, he's in control of your life. Let him be in control. We, we can have a very comforting view of God. That's why I love the Psalms. It gives us a very comforting view in the midst of much trial and tribulation. So Psalm 93 here, it says that the Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Indeed, the world is established. It cannot be moved. Your throne is established of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. Yes, the mighty waves of the sea. Your statutes are very sure. Holiness is becoming your house, O Lord, forever. Think about that. The Lord is high on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. No, no person on this earth has control over the oceans. And, and, and um, the first part of this, I, I talked a lot out of Job. Right? The Lord establishes these things. Amen? Think about that. We don't have control over any of the waters, right? Yet the Lord, Lord does. He holds them back. Amen? And we could put this even more. You know that the very universe is held together by God. Right in, in this great, vast universe that we don't know the exact size of it because that's how incomprehensible. We don't even know the number of galaxies, trillions. We don't even know the, the trillions upon trillions of stars. We, we don't know that number, but God does. Here on earth and, and in the farthest reaches, God is there. God is everywhere at one time. Right now, God is in Ukraine. Amen? Right now at this moment, how do I know that? Because the Bible tells me so. And Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you think in Ukraine right now, Jesus was like, man, this is getting too hot for me. I'm out of here. Yeah, I know what I said in my word, but man, I'm boosting and boogie out of here. No. He's there right now with every single believer because that's his promise forevermore. Wherever you are at right now, whatever trouble you may be facing, if you're a believer, Jesus Christ is with you right now. There's nothing too difficult for him. Like He accomplished everything for us already. He, he led the way getting persecuted, amen? 
Yet the grave couldn't hold him down. He's alive forevermore. The grave couldn't keep him. Amen? Death couldn't hold him. Let me tell you, death can't hold you. Death can't hold me. Yeah, they, they, may, they, may, they may destroy this flesh. Okay, fine, whatever. Well, one day, guess what? So I'm going to become worm food. You're going to become worm food one day anyways. So what? But we can be assured of our, of our everlasting life in Christ Jesus, regardless of what comes our way, amen? We don't want it to happen, absolutely. But we still can take comfort that God's in control. We don't have to fear, amen? No, we don't have to fear. You know, I'm going I'm to read from this uh, next one. I think I got my notes out of order. That's all right. From Psalm 27. Now, let me just say first before I read from Psalm 27, you know what? That that We don't know exactly when David write, wrote this. Okay, nobody knows actually. I was, I was researching this the other day. Nobody knows. Nobody knows was it when Saul was chasing him, trying to kill him? Was it in the wilderness? Was it when Absalom was in charge? Through over, nobody knows exactly, but we know that David faced many troubles in his life, right? He did. I mean, Saul grew jealous of him, you know, started throwing spears at him in a palace of all places, sought his life for, for decades, by the way, sought his life. Yet, and yet, and then, and then other, other times, you know, when overthrew the throne for a bit. When they would, um, you know, when he took over the kingdom, it wasn't secured yet. There's still a lot of work he had to be done, right? He had to overthrow the Jebusites' fortress from what is now Jerusalem. There's so many things, and yet this is what David writes in, in Psalm 27, verse one, starting in verse one: "The Lord is my light, and my salvation. Whom shall, whom will I fear?" The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom will I be afraid? Think about that. Who, who, who shall you be afraid of? What, what is man compared to God, right? Nothing. When the wicked came against me to eat my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army should encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this, I will be confident. Take comfort as war arises. I don't know what's going to come next, but we can take comfort as war arises. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that will I seek after. For me to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To see the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. In the shelter of his tabernacle, he will hide me. He will set me upon a rock. Wow. Notice David here is not focusing on the troubles. He's not. He's focusing on what? Right? That I will that he will seek after. He's going to seek after the Lord. He wants to dwell in, in the Lord. He, he's focusing on his beauty. He wants communion with the Lord. He wants nothing less than that. He wants nothing more than that. That's his focus, his Lord. Take your eyes off of fear. Take your eyes off of trouble. Take your eyes off of whatever's going on. Focus on the Lord. Make Him your holy habitation. Make, make Him your love. 
Focus on him. It's easy to, to fall into fear. It's easy to be deceived when we take our eyes off of Jesus. But the Bible exhorts us to do just that. To focus our eyes on Jesus, the Bible tells us. Why would it tell us that? There's a lot going on. Like I started off with, you know, a lot of you out there are like squirrel. You know, squirrel. Everything, every bit of trouble that kicks off. Squirrel. You know what? You might stop doing that if you focused on Jesus. Well, nobody said it's always easy. We're not saying that. A lot of time it's, well, probably most of the time it's easier said than done. If we're all honest about ourselves. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. it. doesn't mean when we take our eyes off and we realize we've taken our eyes off, that we can keep our eyes off. No, we focus back on Jesus. We focus on dwelling with the Lord. Making His ways our ways. We repent when that happens. We take our eyes off, we come before the Lord, and we repent of that. We, we turn away from, the, we, we, we get our eyes on this world going on around us. What do we do? We repent. We go, Lord, I'm so sorry. I left my first love. I'm coming, I'll put my eyes back on you. You're so beauty. The fairest of 10,000. Yes. This sentiment applies today to us. And this is echoed by Brother Paul here in Romans. Romans 8.31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, now, Brother Paul knew what he was talking about. You know, he starts off his ministry, and what happens? People see, they, they have to lower him in a basket um, out, out of Damascus. Right off the bat. Starts off his ministry that way. Check that out. Then he's shipwrecked. He's stoned, and, you know, Romans, by the way, is not the very first letter he was written. It's just in that, appears that way in our Bible. Um, one of the books that comes later on, by the way, was like the first one written, but just to let you know, just give you an idea that, did Paul really know what he was talking about right here? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, positively, lutely. But you know what? With that, if God is for us, who can be against us? We, we should have eternal security because of God's sovereignty. We, we should take comfort in that. How, how, about, how about starting off there? Well, I, I don't know. I'm having trouble with fear. Okay. Okay. Understandable. Then take comfort at the least. Start, start somewhere. Start somewhere with eternal security. In other words, some external force cannot do anything against us. Amen? Check that out. Right? It says it here. Continuing on in Romans. Um, starting verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation? Don't we see that happening right now? And what do you see, see the saints in Ukraine right now? Are they giving up? No. All the more they're going out for Christ. So tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. No, Paul writes, continuing in verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, neither angels nor principalities nor powers, neither the things present nor things to come, 
Neither height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Those words should comfort you today. Start there. Just, just start there. Eternal security. No external force can, t- can separate me from the love of God. Now, if I choose to be deceived, if I choose to live in sin, that's different. But that's my choice. That's your choice. That's not an external force responsible for that. Not blaming the devil for it. We don't, we don't, no. Why? Because this is what the Bible promises us. Start there, eternal security. Even Jesus says, you know, no one shall be able to pluck you from my Father's hand. This is where Paul, I believe here, probably, um, he's unpacking it for us. He's giving us a great explanation of, of what Jesus had said. And that should comfort you. Start there. You know, and if, if, if you want um, some advice, by the way, well, how do I do that, though? You know what? Pick a topic. Pick eternal security, for instance, right? Go throughout the Bible, right? Obviously, the, um, you start, start in one of the Gospels. Go through it and, and, and search out every time Jesus talks about our eternal security in him. Right, and then write down those notes. Just start this. All right, I'm not asking you to, to be a theologian or scholar and go here and look up the Greek. No, simple. When Jesus talks about eternal security in the Bible, okay, so okay, I I, I gave you one scripture, right? No man will pluck you from my Father's hand. Okay, write that down. Go look somewhere else. Write it down. Okay, now now once you do that, now you move on to something else. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Now, now you start looking up the scriptures. Okay, persecution is normal. Or, or maybe you want to look up to, to, to the overcome provinces, to he overcomes in, in, a, in the beginning of the book of Revelation, starting in chapter 2. Go ahead, do that. Very, very simple, practical ways I'm trying to give you to be assured. But, of course, you have to have a love for God and a love of, of the word of God first. That's why we, we've got this in the first place, by the way, to know God. This, this tells us what we need to know about God right here. And we can take comfort in the word. His word is true, amen? Every promise of the Lord is yes and amen. That's Where do we find these promises at? Right here. All right? It doesn't promise we'll be rich and we'll be comfortable. We don't have to suffer. No, no, quite the opposite. And yet we should find comfort that when that happens, we can't endure, we can't overcome. So what, what's your attitude today? What, what are you doing today? If that's you listening right now and you've been full of fear, anxiety, may, maybe you feel like a, a dark depression has come upon you, watching the world events play out, I want you to come to God today because he understands. Remember, after Peter rejected him, our Jesus didn't turn Peter away. Peter did it out of fear. Make no mistake, that was fear-based why Peter did it. But you know what Jesus didn't do? He didn't cast Peter aside for all time. When Peter came back to him, 
You know what happened? Jesus accepted him back. If, 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 if you're living out of fear today, I want you to come to Jesus today. Now, the Bible tells us, right, we have a high priest who understands everything. He was tempted in all ways, the Bible tells us, but yet he remains sinless. What you go through is no surprise to him. He's been through it. The fear you experience, he's been tempted with, the depression, whatever it may be, come to Christ today. He understands. The Father is going to accept you. You, you decide, you know, what, you know what, Jesus, I'm done with this life. I'm, I'm not asking for you to say specific words. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out prayer. Just make the decision today. And if you're out there watching, listening, you're not saved. Today, guess what? Jesus is still there for you too. All you have to be willing to admit is I'm a sinner. I am completely, totally depraved. I cannot save myself. Only, only, only Christ alone, for he's the only way, the truth, and the life. Salvation is through him. He is God Almighty. Guess what? Just start there. That's it. That's all it takes. And why am I trying to tell you this? I want you to take comfort in this. I'm not trying to make coming to God, coming to salvation, an impossible task. I'm not trying to make it a formula. Just real quick, you know, when I came to Christ, you know what? Nobody preached to me. There's no scripted prayer I said. I just simply made the decision. I can't really give it a, a perfect explanation. I just wanted to be set free. I wanted to be set free from 15 years of PTSD. I wanted, I was so sick and tired of the way I was and the way I was treating my family. Sick and tired. And I knew that there was only one path to freedom. And I accepted that. And you know what happened? I was literally set free in an instant from PTSD. Literally. Literally. Done. No, no, no more extreme raging. I'm not perfect today in any way that, in things that I, you know, the way I am, but that's different. I was set free. No longer, no longer a terror to live with. No longer any of that. Why? Because that's the power of God to set men free. He set me free of, of the medication, psychiatric medication I was on instantly like that. I, I threw it away. They can't do that in the natural. You know, I just saw a testimony of somebody. Um, I think it was by David Digger Hernandez. They were out. You know, this guy was addicted to drugs. He was a drug addict. Guess what happened? He made the decision for Christ. Guess what happened? He was literally instantly set free from drug addiction. Seriously. I'm not kidding you. Instantly set free. The video's out there free to watch. Don't you want that today? Don't you want freedom? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Oh, brother, you don't know my... my Mm, well, God knows. Brother, you know, God knows. I don't know. God knows. Are, are you sick and tired? Well, brother, I, you know, maybe go throughout your day. I can never change. Why can't I change? Because you can't. That's right. Because in your own power and might, you have nothing in you that can change you. But guess who does? Jesus has that power. I, I just gave you a brief bit of my testimony about that. 
or I may give you my fuller testimony on when I go into salvation. And that ser sermon series starting next week. But my question to you, what are you waiting for? Don't say, well, let me think about it. No man knows what tomorrow will bring. We don't know that. We only know what's happening right now. We can put our eternal security in God alone if that's true. I'm just going to pray. You, you say whatever needs to be said to God. Whatever it does, you, you say it. Lord Almighty, we thank you. We thank you for the <clears throat> comfort we can have that you're in control. That even though we see these things coming, they're not you're not taken by surprise. You don't say, hey, I didn't see that one coming. Now you know, Lord, and you gave us the ability to overcome. Lord, I want to pray for people right now who have been experiencing fear, who want to be set free from fear, who maybe just, they took their eyes off the eye. I want to pray for you right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you right now. I pray that even now that the perfect love of God has come upon you, that even now that perfect love of God is casting out all fear from your life as the Bible promises. And right now, as you turn that over to God Almighty, He is removing fear. And he's, and he's giving you the ability to stay focused on Him in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your blessed assurity, Lord. I thank you when, when things get <clears throat> the worst and the worst and the worst. You know what, God? You're still at, at your best. And we thank you for that. Uh, and thank you for comforting people out there listening today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for opening understanding on how to pray specifically for Ukraine right now even. Lord, I'm absolutely heartbroken about what's happening in the Ukraine. I'm grieved by it because I don't want to see loss of lives and I don't want to see wars break out, Lord. And Lord, I, I thank you for your church arising now in this hour. I thank you for your body across the world because we are united in one spirit. Your word promises that. All believers, Lord, are baptized and into one spirit. And so even now here in America and Ukraine, all long distance away from us, Lord, we can still choose today. And we choose today to be united with our brothers and sisters in Christ in Ukraine right now. We, we, we're united with our brothers and sisters in Christ in Russia right now who know this is wrong, who's taking a stand for right and, and are being arrested right now. We bless them. In the name of Jesus, we bless them over there in Russia, all believers. We, we bless the nation of Russia. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, if, if, we're, if we're clumping all Russians together right now today, Lord, I feel like the unction of the Lord upon us, forgive us now. For, forgive us for this prejudice. Forgive us. I feel like the Lord wants to say to you today, you know what? Don't paint with a broad brush lest you get paint on you. Thank you for blessing our brothers and sisters in Russia, Lord. Thank you for an outbreak of revival in Russia, Lord. An outbreak, an outpouring of the Spirit upon the nation of Russia, Lord. Thank you so much. I want to extend the invitation. Come to Christ. Don't, don't put it off, Lord. I pray for people coming to Christ right now. Let your Holy Spirit fall upon them, Lord. Lord, let your Spirit fall today in the name of Jesus. Let your spirit fall. Let your conviction fall, Lord. Let people be aware of their depravity today 
And, and because they're aware of their depravity today, as they weep today, Lord, pour out your spirit upon them. Pour out your supplications upon them, Lord. Draw them near to you, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Reveal to them through the Spirit, as your word tells us, the truth, Lord. As people accept, Lord, we give you praise and glory. As angels rejoice for every person that comes to you, Lord, as your word tells us today. So we thank you for this, Lord. We thank you for, for, for the family of Christ exploding today. The numbers exploding in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, you know, if you came to Christ today, you know, I got, I got a free resource to send you. So let me know. You can e please, please email me. Hit me up. All right. When you do, I, I got a free resource for you that will help you. It's a, it's a, it's a scripture card about what the Bible says about us as believers. All right. I'm not going to leave you out there just to float on your own. Like, I don't know what to do now. Well, you know what? I told you I got a free resource to send you. Okay. Also, real quick before we end, hey, if you need pastoral counseling, we provide that. Oh, brother, I'm over here and you're in Corpus Christi, Texas. Don't worry about it. We do it by video. Got it? Don't worry about it. So if you need pastoral counseling for any reason, please reach out to us. All right. Also, don't forget about the, um, what was I going to say? Oh, the veteran support group here in Corpus here. All right. Where we're at. All right. Get the word out, please. Um, and then, yeah, with that, we'll end today. Uh, so tune in next week. Hey, if you're watching by live stream, you please, please come on in person. All right. We want to fellowship with you. That's what the body of Christ is all about. After all, that's what church is all about. Really is fellowshipping with fellow believers. So come on over. All right. You're like, well, what's the address? Guess what? So glad you asked. It's on the Facebook page, the church Facebook page. It's on the YouTube channel that you're watching on right now. Yeah, my YouTube channel. The address is right there. Like, well, isn't that kind of psycho putting your address out there? Nah. No, it's out there. Trust in God alone, amen? I ain't going to fear nothing. What can man do unto me? Oh. Oh, yeah, I just read that today. Anyways, with that, um, be blessed, everybody. And we'll see you all next week, Sunday. And I will see you on Restoring Your Voice on the show Monday. Peace, blessings upon you all. That's it.